we look now for a second time at Hebrews 5, 7 to 9. And we're going to focus on the question, if Jesus learned obedience, does that mean he was once disobedient? And if Jesus was made perfect, does that mean he was once sinful, sinfully imperfect? Father, these are really crucial questions. We don't want to dishonor your son or even entertain ideas that are unworthy of him. So God, grant us to think your thoughts, to see clear evidences of truth in this text. And so honor the Lord Jesus and see how we are really saved, how we are given an eternal salvation. Pray this in his great name. Amen. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard. God answered his prayer. We saw that last time. Because of his reverence. And he didn't succumb in death. He conquered death. He was saved from death. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered And being made perfect, being perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. How are we to think about learning obedience? Here's where keeping the nearer context that went before in mind. So look at chapter 4, just a few verses earlier. Chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect was tempted as we are yet without sin. There's the key. He was tempted, but he never, never sinned. This is how he can be a great high priest for us. So we have to come back here and say, all right, learning obedience then doesn't mean moving from disobedience to obedience. Well, what does it mean? It means moving from untested obedience to tested and tried and proven obedience. So as you as you learn algebra and you're a perfect student, there aren't any, but suppose you were a perfect student, but you didn't know how to do algebra, at every new lesson, you'd get it exactly right. You'd pass the test. Perfect. A plus on every test. But you didn't know algebra. You'd Christ didn't know the suffering, the obedience of suffering until he tasted the obedience of suffering. And every time he tasted it, he passed with flying colors. So he he learned obedience in that he moved from untested, no suffering obedience to increasing testing and increasingly battered and tried and tested obedience. And when we come then to made perfect, 
what does what does that mean? Well, perfection can be thought of in terms of completeness. Let's look back here at chapter 2, verse 10. It was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation, that's Jesus, perfect through suffering. He made him perfect, complete through suffering. And, and this word fitting here introduces the concept that I think helps us here. We're, we're not moving from sinful imperfection to sinless imperfection as Jesus moves through life. We're moving from a fit and an unfitness to a fitness. That is, he was unfit in that he was not yet tested fully. He wasn't tried fully. He wasn't complete in his fitness to be our perfect sacrifice and our perfect high priest. But through suffering, he was made perfectly fit. He was completed. So you could say from, from imperfect completeness to perfect completeness. And the incompleteness back here is not immorality or defect in any way. It was not yet tested, not yet suffering, not yet proven at the last moment, which is why this right here then becomes so relevant. He offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. Oh God, as I face this last trial here, grant me not to be ruined by my dying, but to be rescued on the cross to arrive at perfect completeness of suffering, perfectly tested obedience. And he was. That prayer was answered. He was heard because of his reverence and God sustained him all the way through to perfect obedience and perfect completeness, that is, perfection, in the sense of being totally fit now, suitable as a sacrifice and a priest for us so that he could become the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And this obedience here, of course, doesn't mean that we now have to produce a perfection <laughs> because he didn't. No, he became our perfection so that he could become our salvation. If we had to become perfectly obedient, we wouldn't need a savior. This obedience here is the obedience of faith. First, we believe in him and are united to Christ and his perfection is counted as ours. And out of that faith grows all the, 
the rest of, the rest of obedience. Just like in Hebrews 11, by faith Abraham obeyed. I think it's verse 11. By faith Abraham obeyed. First, there's faith, whereby we become right with God. And then, out of that faith, which is itself a kind of obedience, the rest of life follows as we all too imperfectly obey the Lord because of trusting in him. And when we relate to Christ that way, he becomes our perfect, perfectly obedient, perfectly complete source of eternal salvation. So the picture we have is a a salvation which wasn't, in a sense, merely automatic. Just go down there and and, uh, lay claim to it, Lord Jesus. No, go down there and by cries and tears and learning of much testing, obedience, be made perfect so that you could provide an eternal salvation.